in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to another brand new episode of Topic Thunder. Here from the Top 10 Show, I am John Roca. That is Matt Nost. You know how we do this thing if you're a patron. And if you're a new patron, Matt, how does this thing go about? How do we do this show? Uh, Well, there's an email address that you can send in. You can find it on uh, patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. And those at the $5 and up level, you get to participate in the show. Send us whatever you'd like us to talk about, and uh, we end up talking about it. And that's it. That's the gist of the show. It's just (laughs) more content. It's something that was Patreon-only until the quarantine and we opened it up because people are just looking for more entertainment so yeah uh, please send us your questions and topics yeah matt uh, they're talking about open up these theaters man are you in any rush to run back into a theater uh no i'm not gonna yeah. be any pigs on it um yeah they're talking <laughs> about open gyms back up and all kinds of other stuff and i just yeah. don't know how any of it's really possible right now it makes no sense to me at all. I, I have no desire to run back into a gym or a movie theater. I barely got my hair cut with my hairdresser, but I had to wear a mask the whole time, and so did she. And that was about the extent of it. You know what I'm saying? So I don't even want to go out to eat. Like so many, I saw so many people in West Hollywood just like jam packed into like the Abbey and other places, and there was no six feet of separation, and they weren't wearing masks. It was driving me insane. It was like seeing that video of that pool party, man. It was driving me nuts, dude. So I'm in no rush. I know. The the announcement of Disneyland opening. Yeah. It's most baffling to me. Even if you limit the amount of people that come in, it's still so many people in the course of a day. Yeah. Well, Universal Studios Orlando is open apparently. And, uh, you know, one of my co-hosts for the other show, Aaron Turner, he went with his wife uh, and they did the whole day. And he said everyone was wearing masks and everything was fine. But still, I mean, those places are unhygienic. On a regular day, I can't even imagine, yeah, I mean, you know. That's fine, sure, but it only takes a small percentage to screw it up for everybody. Cause yeah, great point. Yeah. How many people have you seen with just the mask over their mouth and not their nose? Right, right. Wear a fucking mask. You, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, it doesn't make sense. You're still breathing in. You can still sneeze out of that. You you can pass and <laughs> pick it up. So that's going to happen at Disney World, and you're touching so much stuff in common with so yeah. many people that – if you forget to wash your hands one time, you just increased your risk exponentially. Exactly. Exactly. It just so, doesn't well, seem, I, I don't know. That was our, that was our first topic from Matt the Roca says that was the first topic there that got submitted here. So let's, let's jump into, let's see what we got from our uh, patrons and what they've submitted. I think I went first last time. Right. And then uh, are you going first this time or did I go first? Sure. Last? Okay. Yeah, go fine. ahead. Um, it says, Hey John and Matt, hope you guys are doing well, staying safe and sane during this trying time. A, co- a couple of questions, if I may. First of all, Matt will embrace the hate be coming back at all. And to both of you, I've been a fan of basketball since I was six, mostly due to the film Space Jam. I live in oh. England and have never settled on a team to throw my full support behind. I have gone back and forth between the Bulls, MJ, and Golden State winning a lot, but cannot properly decide. My football team here is West Ham United. King, who would you guys say West Ham are most like in the NBA or any suggestions on who to support? Sorry for the question. Hope you both stay safe. 
Many thanks, Signoro Ashley Proud. Wow. Uh, well, of course, the first question's yours, man. Uh, yeah, just my my co-host just had a baby in the midst of quarantine and everything else. So it's, you know, he's got two kids at home and got to take care of those two kids at home. And, you know, yeah. the other one is just a few years older. So it's, it's two little rugrats. Uh, yes, it will be eventually coming back. It's just more so a matter of when he can free up 90 minutes of time at the end of the night when he's not dead tired and just right. wants to sleep. So that's fair. That's fair. All right. So who is West Ham like? West Ham United is an interesting uh, comparison because West Ham United is a team that perennially is, you know, always hovering near the top of um, uh, the top division of, uh, of football there in England. Um, uh, has a storied history. Green Street Hooligans is about those guys mm-hmm. who are fans of West Ham United. I'm forever blowing bubbles. Um, they're a hard team. I love the nickname, the Hammers. Um, they're a hardworking team. They're a blue collar team. They've got a rabid, rabid fan base, uh, and strong support, uh, there, uh, for West Ham United. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like they're the Oklahoma city thunder or maybe the Utah jazz. Cause every once okay. in a while they pop up and they get like farther than you expect them to. They don't fully get the job done, like winning a, a title or a, or a, or a cup. I don't know. I should look up and see if they're the last time they've won something, but they're back in the premier league again uh, this year. Uh, so I, I don't know if they've won any trophies. I'm sure people are screaming at me who are FA cup fans or I'm sorry, who are okay. uh, West Ham fans, but that's my feeling. Oklahoma city, thunder, Utah jazz. vibe. Oh. If they're blue collar, but they only pop off every once and again, and he wants yeah. to follow a team like uh, I potentially Memphis. Memphis was grit and grind, blue collar, oh, yeah. base, but didn't have a huge national kind of presence. Right now, they're on the rebound again. They've got John Morant, who's going to more than likely win Rookie of the Year, and he is so much stinking fun to watch that I can't wait to see him uh, next year because tickets right. are gonna be cheap because nobody cares about the Memphis Grizzlies. No matter. How good a guy they got. Uh, so, you know, there's them. Like, teams on the come up, blue collar, uh, the Pelicans would be fun. Yeah, yeah. What about the Pacers? Um, the Pacers, like, perennially always just kind of hanging around and every once in a while and then back down again. I can talk myself into Memphis and New Orleans having a championship shot in the near future. The Pacers, I can't. Right. Okay. Just they, were, they have an interesting mix of- Okay. Yeah, it's fine. But right now, I think I take the upside of John Morant over what Oladipo has established. Yeah. So yeah. with that weird kneecap injury, uh, it just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't see them toppling any of the majors in the East in the next three, four years, which would be Oladipo's real window. Right. Whereas in three, four years, John, Zion, and everybody else on the Pelicans – uh, it's going to be really interesting. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If well, they're always this, like in the mix but never winning, that, yeah. you know, if he wants the Rockets, if he likes James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, maybe. Um, but, and, and that actually makes sense because they're chasing those two glory years where they won championships, uh, yeah. what, 94-95 with Hakeem and, and Clyde the Glide. Uh, West Ham did win two major trophies in the 60s. They won the FA Cup final. They were led by Bobby Moore, who ended up leading England to a World Cup uh, uh, victory. Uh, uh, West Ham also won the European Cup Winners' Cup, which is essentially the Champions League before it was the Champions League. 
Um, and then they won it in 1980 against Arsenal as well, I believe. Yeah, uh, even though they were in the second division. So they've had some success, but it's been a few decades. So, yeah, I think maybe you're right with Houston. I think that feels kind of right. Uh, so maybe Houston, plus Rockets, Hammers, strong statements. I don't know if – well, Grizzlies yeah. is strong. Grizzlies is kind of strong. Uh, well, but, yeah, but it's a rebranding. Who knows what they're going to be? Right, right, exactly. Good point, good point. Uh, I mean, the Celtics, the Celtics are on the come up, but they, I mean, they have a storied past. And then yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare it to the Celtics, no. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm just trying to think of fun teams where it's not bandwagony, where you have a fully established star. Like Jason Tatum looks like he's going to be that. Yeah. Um, well, that's I, why I like the Rockets. I wish I was a Celtics fan right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, really? Just so you could Well, just that. It. That team is so much fun with him and Jalen Brown, and I love the edge Marcus Smart gets. I think Gordon Haywood will bounce back, and they just have a a bunch of guys around that, too, that can play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Tatum and Brown are pretty excellent. What's your feeling on this? We're about to go into Orlando in July July and have this. What's your (laughs) feeling? I love it. Are you kidding me? You're like amping up. What's your feeling about both sides, though? Uh, Do you think it's just going to go chalk? Yeah, who is ever in the eighth spot right now is going to stay in that eighth spot because it takes so much for any team to really overcome both in the West and the East. Well, I don't the, – the fact that your Wizards are in it and they really don't want to make the playoffs at yeah. all. We have no business being in this thing. Well, you have to win all of yours, and Orlando pretty much needs to lose all of theirs. Yeah, right. Not a legitimate shot. Yeah. The magic number for Orlando is going to be, what, like two games? Something I think it's like two, yeah. Um, so it's not – it's pointless. And why? So is Brad Beal even going to play? That's a good question. I mean, if he doesn't play, then what's the point of even having any of the team there? Like, in yeah. my opinion, the Wizards should just forfeit the games. It must be legal for them to forfeit the games, but maybe these guys won't get paid. So it's that kind oh, of no, game. They won't. Yeah, they won't. And it might not fill their local TV uh, contract because they need to get to, I think, 70 games is the magic number. Then you get the TV money from your local deal on top of the national. Right, right. Uh so everybody needs that extra little bit of income. Yeah. But I, you'd be playing Bertrands and Hachimura and seeing what you got with yeah. your guys and see if the True. mix is there. Um, there's already discussion of will they shop Bradley Beal or not again. <sighs> I, I'm, co- I'm cool with it because I don't want to straddle him with John Wall anymore. And we're certainly not walking away from John Wall because no one's taking that contract. Isaiah isn't running the Knicks, so we could have fooled him into taking the contract. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, get rid of uh, – I mean, not get rid of, but like trade Beal to a favorable situation for him. Let's get some pieces, get some picks, uh, and then John Wall can like get upset about everything, and then we can move John Wall. So it's just like – it's just a overall uh, – I think that's what we need to do. It was an interesting experiment. It didn't work. Just like Gabriel – just like uh, Arenas, it didn't work. And so we got to figure something else out now. I know. it. it... Beal has made the jump to superstar. Yep. Yes, he has. Guy's been playing fantastic this whole season. Yep. You can move Wall out and you keep. I like Bertrands. Hachimura yeah. way better than I anticipated. Let's see if he yeah. can grow and be a solid starter. And then if you had that freed up 40-some-odd million to, to find somebody else to put next to Brad Beal, you yeah. guys beat the East pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, just because he's that good. It's, nothing, it's not a knock on the East because the East is, is top-heavy. I mean, there's still some juggernaut teams to go through. Right, uh, right. East, it's... You know, it'll be chalk first round more than likely. Uh, And then after that, like, depending on how things go, there is no home court advantage. So suddenly the 76ers, who are atrocious on the road, 
all-time pantheon, one of the worst road teams, doesn't have to face that anymore. Does that make yeah. them a better team? Like, that makes it interesting. Or or it's even worse because yeah. they are technically on the road. On the road. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, is it the crowd or is it the fact that they're not sleeping in their own beds? Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> one thing I want to look into is are the Magic players allowed to go home? I would assume not. Good Everybody point. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think anybody could leave. Yeah. Right. In the West, who knows? I don't know who makes it in the eighth. Uh, yeah. I doubt others do. Um, but Portland could make that jump. New Orleans could make that jump. Uh, you know, the, the eighth is undecided. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be super interesting. Hopefully nobody gets corona and we actually get a legitimate playoffs. Good point, man. I mean, Outside I, of regular injury. I think the Mavericks make it in, obviously. Yeah. Seven. It's, just, it's a miracle. If It would be a just a colossal uh, choke job if they don't. But Memphis – is interesting because you want jaw, you want jaw in the playoffs. That's fun to have John Morant in the playoffs. But then again, having a fully healthy Portland Trailblazers team against that Lakers team in the first round, that could be really, really interesting with Nurkic back, with Dame, with uh, with uh, uh, McCollum, McCollum, all of those guys in there. I think it would be interesting to watch that happen. Well, if the NBA had its choice, they'd pick New Orleans. Right, with Zion? Yeah, of course. Well, with Zion, and if it's the Lakers at number one, ultimately, which is going to be more than likely. Right, know. right. No. Anyway, uh, yeah. you have all the returning Lakers on top of Zion against the new Lakers, and that will do huge ratings. True, true. Uh, so, yeah, the NBA is pulling for New Orleans more than likely. Unofficially, they, have, <laughs> yeah. they need the extra, you know, to prove to advertisers that it's still worthwhile and everything else. They, you know, it behooves them. Yeah, I'm more, um, I'm more paranoid, for lack of a better term. I'm more paranoid that leagues are going to have questionable calls uh, because of the amount of money they've lost over this coronavirus thing. This isn't like, a, like again, this isn't like a, a collective bargaining lockout. This is like, they didn't anticipate this. They didn't plan for this. They lost so much money. So they kind of want things to work out in a certain way so they get as much yeah. money as possible from this situation. So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Don, maybe Donaghy got a call or something. I don't know. I just feel like there might be some suspicious calls at critical moments in games that kind of swing things a certain way and it'll start well, the conspiracy theories. It'll be uh, interesting on that front because you can track by the fouls get, you know, get called. Yeah. Guys get more calls at home as – Opposed to away in the playoffs, superstars get more calls in general. Um, it's a function of their superstars, and they have the ball in their hands more. But right. uh, so, will that actually end? Like, will we be finally able to see the unfiltered, you know, uh, a skew of officiating right. for specific players? Because there is no home in a way at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I'm yeah, I'm geeked for that. Well, who knows if baseball comes back? Football is lining to come back college yeah. is lining up to come back right because universities are somewhat opening back up i read an article about like virginia tech a few others what they're putting out yeah. what they're kids to do and they're giving them uh gift baskets so to speak with masks and hand sanitizer and stuff like that <laughs> uh so they're trying but they're flirting with nobody in the stands for games yeah yeah so, you know but they're they're gonna bring football back somehow I think it's. I mean, with and I know we got to jump into the next uh, uh, topic here, but I, I'm going to be curious to see. I know the NFL has said it's okay to kneel now, and uh, you know uh, the Soccer Federation of the U.S. said it was okay to kneel now. I'm sure it'll be fine to kneel in the NBA. I wonder in college if these kids are going to be allowed to express themselves to kneel during the anthem uh, with coaches uh, approving it and saying it's okay. I would like to see what happens. 
there with these young kids who are coming in at 18, 19, 20 years old into their political awareness of the world, will they be able to exercise their rights and their freedoms as as an American citizen to kneel if they want to? I'm curious, curious. Well, there's also some difference though, like within the NBA and the bargaining agreement, there are restrictions as to some of their free speech in that they can't locker room during the national anthem. There are things that have been, you know, basically both sides agreed to it. And you sign the contract, all involved, owners and players. So, so long as they're not violating their CBA, uh, they can do whatever they want. That's a fair point. Um, All right, let's move on. (laughs) We spent uh, 60 minutes on that first topic. Let's move on to our next one. Thank you, Ashley Prowls, for that question. Uh, This one's from Joe Ibarra. All right, Joey Joey B. I call him Joey B. Who had a better five-year run? Jim Carrey, 1994 to 1998. Tom Hanks, 1993 to 1998, or Harrison Ford, 1977 to 1982. I think it's real hard for actors these days to turn out a movie every year. There are the exceptions, but to come out with hits like these actors did during their given time is even more rare, especially when their career is just getting started. I know Hanks had been around since Splash in 84, uh, uh, earlier than that, but I think we can all agree he went on a mega role turning out classic after classic. Uh, Matt, what's your uh, what's your choice here? I'm pulling up Hanks's IMDb because the the years he lists it's a five year run for Carrie. He lists a six year run for yeah six year run for Hanks and a what six year run for Ford as well. Right. If you include the actual year he's naming, yes, ninety four to ninety eight. Nine, oh, I see what you're saying. 94 to yeah. 98 is Jim Carrey. So that's a like a, what, a four-year run or five? No, that's five it. years. 94, five, 95, so like Tom 96. Hanks is 93, 98. So that's a six. That's 77 six to 82. Got it. Okay. So that's uh, six Hanks years. and Harrison, six, Carrey, five. Got it. Okay. So if we cut off 1993, you lose Sleepless in Seattle and Philly from Hanks. Wow. Uh, and if you cut off, uh, was it 1998? Yeah. You lose... Private Ryan and you've got mail. Wow. Those are strong. Those are strong. I think I Private Ryan beats everything else on the beats sleepless in Philly for me. So I would go ninety-four to ninety-eight. If we're talking their run for me personally. Okay. So you even what about you? Well, so you take away, so you're trying to take, so you take away a year. I see what you're saying. You're taking away a year to make it an even five years. Yeah, to make it an even five. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right. Um Aries is the five year, and the other two are sixes. So I'm pulling them up. Let's see what we got. Yeah, I'm inclined to say uh, it's between Hanks and Ford for me. As much as I love Jim Carrey, I think it's between Hanks and Ford for me. Here, here's what I, I say: I give it to Hanks uh, because Hanks won that Oscar. Um, and when you look at uh, Harrison Ford, you can say Blade Runner is a classic now, but it was not a classic at that time. You do have Raiders of the Lost Ark. You do have Empire Strikes Back, but you and also you have, have Star Wars. You also have the Frisco Kid, Hanover Street, whatever that is. He is in the Star Wars Holiday Special, Force Ten from Navarone, which nobody saw. Um, so it's not as strong. You've got Raiders, Blade Runner, and Empire Strikes Back, basically. But then you've got some what? other ones, and I'm not going to count Apocalypse when you have one scene in that old damn movie. Um. Let me see. Well, it's, that's if you do 78 to 82. So Blade Runner beats Star Wars A New Hope is what you're saying for you, for the run. 
Wait, wait, wait. Where, where, what's his run? 77 to 82, right? That's six years. Right. But we're going 78 to 82, aren't we? Okay. Then you're cutting off a new, it's whatever you want. I'm not agreeing. Oh, to- oh. I thought you were saying we want, we're in the parameter where it's five, a five-year window. Yeah, so pick yeah. your five-year run. Mine, I start with uh, A New Hope and cut off Blade Runner. Yours, you start you you cut off A New Hope and include Blade Runner, basically. Interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm tr- okay, I see what you're saying. It's kind of stacking the deck by taking that year, though. Well, it's, right? it's one. I'm not forcing you to choose. It's No, no, I know, I know. Um. So if you go 77 to 81, right? Yeah, uh-huh. good point. You cut off Blade Runner. You have Raiders. You have Empire Strikes Back. But you still yeah, have a Mar- You still have the Frisco Kid. You still have Hanover Street, the Hollywood Holiday Special, Force 10 from Navarone, Heroes, The Possessed, which was a TV movie. So he's got A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, um, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. So three movies. Three movies. Yeah, which he's not even the star of. Can we make that clear? It's like Luke's story. Leia, he's one of a trilogy, you know, a trio of, of, of actors who are leading the film, but he's not the star. It's not his journey. He's not the lead storyline of the movie. When you look at Jim Carrey's stuff, Jim Carrey is the lead of everything he's in. Yeah. And so is Tom Hanks. Uh, for the most part, let's look at Jim Carrey. What's the What are the years again for Jim Carrey? Uh, in 94 90, 98. Okay. So you've got Ace Ventura, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, Batman Forever, Cable Guy, Liar, Liar, Truman Show. So, yeah. So, so, and Ace Ventura, too. Ace Ventura, definitely. The Mask, definitely. Dumb and Dumber, that people like think that's the best comedy ever made sometimes. Some people feel that like rather. Uh, Batman Forever does not hold up. Nature Calls, I know that's a favorite of yours, not a favorite of mine. I like Cable Guy, I love Liar, Liar. And Truman Show shows he's got real chops. So, shit, Carrie might be in the lead on this one, to be honest with you. I know. For it's more number, so, looking at it now, you're right. For me, Harrison Ford, you got three. Yeah. Three in that run. Then with Tom Hanks, so do you take Philly and Sleepless, or do you take uh, Private Ryan and You've Got Mail? I would have to take Private Ryan and You've Got Mail because I don't, okay. I'm not a big fan of Sleepless, and I'm not a big fan of Philadelphia. So the run then for him, yeah. Chris Gump, Apollo 13, Toy Story, That Thing You Do, Private Ryan, You've Got Mail. Yeah. Hanks is your winner. Forrest Gump, Apollo 13, Toy Story, That Thing You Do, which he also directed. Yeah. And, and I like that a lot. And From Earth to the Moon, which he produced. Exactly. Massive. Yeah, I think you have to give it to Tom Hanks. Barely, though. And Harrison Ford, a surprising third in this situation. Yeah, yeah, because Carrie's got some all timers in there for me, but it's just like that that body of work is yeah. so ridiculous from Tom Hanks, where everything yeah. is basically an all timer. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that he had the greatest decade, it, like the nineties. Like he was that may you could argue this is the greatest decade any actor has ever had, any performer is Tom Hanks in the nineties. You could yeah, make that argument. Yeah, like full decade, what ninety two for me? I start there. Yeah. Instead, and then if you run that to two thousand one, like that's a hell of a ten years, right? You got League of Their Own. You've got Sleeps in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo thirteen, Toy Story, that thing you do, Saving Private Ryan from Earth to the Moon. You've got Mail, Toy Story two, The Green Mile, Castaway, yeah. uh, 
Broach, and then of Brothers. Catch me if you can. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Uh, well, 2001, if you do. Isn't that a 10-year window? Isn't that a decade? No, a decade would be 92 to 2001. All right. That's 10. Right. Add them up. 92, 3, right. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, makes sense. Well, there you go. Band of, which I think he produced as well in Band of Brothers. So. Yes, yes, he did. It was like him and Spielberg. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Uh, which just watched that again not long ago. Yeah, incredible. Uh, it's a hell of a run. Good question, Joe. Uh, yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, I love this. is fantastic. I mean, the fans have been fantastic, dude. These questions have been great. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you, Joe. Let's move on to our next one, man. Our next one comes from uh, the Chapman family. Good day, gentlemen. Hope you both are well. Yeah, good day. Um, I've been watching the great documentary, The Last Dance with My Son, and I'm not a huge basketball fan, but did follow the Bulls in the 90s. He asked me if Luke Longley was a key player in the Bulls team during the later seasons of Michael Jordan's time in the Bulls. Was he well-known in the U.S., or was Luke just a background player? Cheers and stay safe, Camp Chapman. Good question. Uh, um, was part of the three-headed center monster that mm-hmm. the Bulls had run out. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, I knew Luke. So, yeah. to me, he was huge. I, yeah. So, I knew as soon as we got him, and I watched him play a bunch of games. But the average fan, probably not. Oh, I, th- I was aware. I'm, a, yeah. I'm the average fan. I, you know, I, I was aware of Luke Longley. I, I, I think he was the best center of the three that they were running uh, yeah. at that time, right? Over Wennington. Yeah. And who, were, yeah. Was, who was the third uh, one? Because Purdue, Purdue was, was the on the first. early run. Yeah. Uh, early part of it. I don't know. Was Purdue there for the last? And Cartwright was in the early run. Yeah, that was part of the yeah the first three. Purdue was there for definitely the first of the second three Pete. Yeah. Them- I just don't know if he stayed there for five and six. I don't believe he was there for six. I can look it up though, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I knew Luke Longley. I think it's, you're probably right. The average fan did know because the Bulls are the apex team. So they get an undue amount of coverage everywhere. So you're going to hear yeah. it's just like now with the Lakers. You hear uh, there's more, you know, Alex Caruso stories on Bleacher Report than there are yes. for uh, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, I believe Dame Lillard. Right. Bunch, I think, just because he plays the white guy who's good, but plays for the the Lakers. Um, right. Will Purdue was there from '88 to '95, then '99 to 2000. Okay, there you go. Jack Haley was in that '95 to '96. Stacy King till '94. Weddington there till '99. So Weddington was there through that, and Luke was there through that. Uh, Corey Blunt, uh, Bison Dele. I forget Bison Dele played for them. Jesus. That's the one you forget is Bison Daly. So it was pretty much Longley and Weddington, and then whatever they could get off the scrap heap to slide in to be the third center to take some fouls was yeah. how the Bulls seemed to run it. But Luke was someone you – because A, he was Australian, so you didn't see a lot of international players at that time in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And B, he was actually a, a force down low when you needed him to be a force. He wasn't a pushover, Luke, and was actually yeah. really good with the ball and passing the ball uh, as well. Well, you – you wouldn't get to play on that team if you couldn't do your job. Right. So right. Luke was as solid as can be when yeah. there's championships with him, and God bless him for it. So I think he went to the Suns afterwards, if I'm not wrong, and I remember watching him there as well, I think. That um, I'd have to look up. I haven't thought. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, Luke was what I, people talked about. I mean, when we, I remember having discussions in the 90s about the Bulls, and the big argument was, like, well, they got Shaq at Orlando – Oh, yeah, center of Shaq, you know, can Luke really do it? So Luke was very much in the conversation from what I remember. 
Uh, Wennington, not so much. Wennington, not so much. Oh, no, I, I remember them both. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was always – that was the Achilles heel of the Bulls was they're stacked at all these other positions, but center. Right, right, right. Uh, cool. Well, thank you, Chapman family. That's very kind for your question. Yep. Let's do one more. We're at the 27 mark. Let's do one more. Sure. Or maybe a couple more. See how we feel. Darth Fraggle. Uh, thank you, Darth, uh, for this question. He said, hi, John and Matt. So I was watching Cinema Wins on the Rise of Skywalker, and this point struck me. Every film is someone's favorite. My question to you, what universally adored film just doesn't work for you? You get that it's popular, but the why is a complete mystery. Uh, Matt, we have a few of these. One of these for me is Wonder Woman, No Man's Land, scene aside, which is inarguably fantastic. The film as a whole is a slog. Wow. Thanks for all the wonderful content, Kristen Kurtz. All right, uh, Matt. Well, I think Wonder Woman, the people that don't like it because of the third act, like, I understand what you're saying, and it's not yeah. my part of that movie. Uh, but I think overall, because usually I judge DC against other DC, and Wonder Woman, I think, stacks up against, you know, Marvel. Oh, yeah. Uh, Agreed. Now, okay, so the universally adored film that doesn't work for you, sure. You know, like E.T., that's the easiest one. Yeah, for both of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the second, the code of that, yet it gets, uh, yet it's popular, but it's a complete, like, is the reason. Oh, oh, the why. And E.T., I understand why people like it. Good point. Resonate with me. Yeah. So I think The Goonies is mine. I I don't get why people love that movie so much. I do not get it. I don't. I've watched it three times. And every single time I'm like, this is so annoying. I want to smack these kids and send them home to their mothers. Like, I just get so annoyed watching that movie. They all get on my nerves. Uh, I just, I, it's just not for me. And I don't get why people love it so much. It's such a simple, plain, uninteresting movie. And I don't know why it's so revered by people. Because what kid doesn't dream of doing, going on some grand adventure like that? <laughs> and to see it materialize, it was sitting in your backyard the whole time. That's so much fun. I love that as a kid. That's, you know, I think even as an adult, what's yeah. interesting, that is you love a movie where the little guy stands up for themselves and the goondocks are going to be bulldozed because right. the people want to what extend the country club or some ridiculous thing like that. Right. So should be right up your wheelhouse. Uh, uh, you would think. Yeah. Rudy for me. I don't, yeah. fucking, I don't understand. Yeah. Movie's Lord. terrible. It's just terrible. This guy's utterly unlikable. Why am I rooting for him? <laughs> yeah. Any sense? <laughs> Is there any new ones? I mean, we've talked about these on the show a number of times. Is there, a new, is there another one that you would want to throw in the mix that, like, it's universally adored, but just doesn't work for you? And well, you I mean, like, Mandy, I, I couldn't. Oh, okay. I tried more than once, and I was like, this is, I'm bored. That's a recent one. Uh, like, it's stylized and all that jazz, but that's not so much that it lulls me into this long, drawn out, this weird story. And I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'll tell you one, and Matt Matt Nose is going to be very, very mad at me, but uh, I don't get the Fletch thing. I just don't. I've seen it a few times, and yeah, you know, I prefer him in Caddyshack. I prefer him in a couple other movies, but for whatever reason, I watch Fletch, and it, I don't think it's the greatest comedy ever made. I don't think it's – I think it's oh, – sure, it's funny, but I don't think I it's – like, I'm a, yeah, I'm I know I'm a – Yeah. I know you're a massive fan of it. For me, I just – I don't get why people love it so much. Um, and I was arguing our, which I, I, I don't, I was arguing our list, which I don't want to reveal, obviously, but I was arguing our list with a couple of friends of mine and they were just like, you got to put that on the list. And I'm like, oh so, yeah, you know, well, you and, could also rest assured 
show, it made my list. And you knew it going in. Yeah, of course I knew it going in. But for me, I I prefer him in vacation or in uh, even Christmas vacation over Fletch. And I don't know. And you know what's ironic? Fletch lives actually is a little more interesting to me than Fletch because he never is. Everything is so unrealistic. And he's just like, hey, look, every person I meet is stupider than I am. And then just like. Uh, it just gets annoying after a while. And so for me, it just, it just, it doesn't I mean, work. I like comedy when you're the underdog. I don't like comedy when you're just able to get out of whatever situation you get in by just making a couple of quips and you're right on out of there. So that's my some, problem with that. Some show. of it, I think would genuinely work. Like when he's talking to the secretary, right? The secretary, of course. Right. That makes that sense. scene is, is very realistic. I can see yes. someone just kind of like in, in who's Frida, uh, you know, <laughs> his boss, just get hit with a bunch of different questions. It's the absurdity. So you like the Chevy Chase where he's an everyman. Yes. As comedic stuff happened within it. Which right. is, and I realize that, Fletch, there aren't many people like me who it just it hits me in my sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I so respect perfectly. I am in a distinct minority. I know tons of people that love the movie, but not to agree. Yeah. Plus, I think I also say it's my favorite film because it's an impossible question to answer. Right how do you judge all these different films against one another? So I just kind of arbitrarily were like, well, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to say Fletch. If anybody ever yeah. asked me, and I made that decision years ago, because I know it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. I have a favorite technically, but if asked, that's my response. Is it your favorite comedy of all time? Would you say that too? I don't even know that. Yeah. It's in the mix. Okay. Okay. Cause there's okay. what kind of mood are you in type of thing? Yeah. I ask you this because, I just interviewed Dave Cyrus, who's one of the co-writers for Last King of Staten Island. It's going to be on the show. And he unequivocally was like, Anchorman is the number one comedy ever made. It's the best comedy ever made. And I just was like, how can you say that? Like, how can you possibly? And he was not even joking. He was just like very, it looked at me straight up in the cameras like, yeah, it's not even a question. And I, I was like, I don't, wow, that's amazing to me that you can just make that decision. Boom, this is the truth. And so, uh I, I, I was it's like, wow. pure, it's it's one of the best absurdist. Yes, like no question there. But then, yeah. what if you just want dry wit, or you want you know right. variations of, or just straight stupidity like Dumb and Dumber, or right. something like a, a Caddyshack or an Animal House, or a you know any of the what people consider all time classics? What if you're more of a Monty Python fan? Right, right, or situational. Like some like it hot, you know, the idea that they've switching yeah. sexes or they're going undercover as women to try to survive, you know, that's uh, so, yeah, yeah, I, I, I just was shocked. Like, no question. I know. Yeah, interesting. Uh, um, all right, we're at th- 35 minutes. You want to wrap it here? Or do you want to do one? Yeah, more? let's do that. We'll save okay. it for the next time. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Topic Thunder. Always appreciate you guys sending in and you ladies sending in your uh, topics for us to discuss. And once again, you got you're sending in some fantastic questions. I don't know if it's COVID. I don't know if it's a fact that we're kind of like doing more of these. I don't know what it is, but the great topics you all have been sending in. I think Matt and I can't thank you enough and keep them coming. Keep them coming. We never want to run out. So keep them coming. Whatever curiously interesting thing pops into your brain, sit on down and send it to us because uh, we are enjoying uh, doing this show uh, so much more over the last few months. And we were doing it before, but we seem to have gone to the next level, in my opinion. So, Yeah, I, I think the consistency of now it's every week is the yeah. difference because people, more people are active within it and they're sending questions. We get a wide array of questions. Yeah. 
Uh, and yeah, it's been great. And then also for patron members, we're coming out with uh, next month. If you want to jump in and be a guest on the show, eventually you can join the show at the $20 and up level for top 10 Jeopardy is what we're calling it right now. Yep. Um, but you're entered into a contest in essence, and you got to win your way through. Winner gets to be a guest on the show. And uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 and join up over there. Uh, July 1st is the cutoff. So uh, join up over there. And we've already got so many people helping us with uh, tons of yeah. different we got categories and we, we're working on the, the the machinations of the game itself but it yeah. should be a lot of fun and it's all thanks and it's our way of giving back to the patrons we try to be more interactive just like topic thunder it seems to yep. resonate with both us and you know those that listen yeah it'll be fun yeah it'll be good you can follow me anywhere at matt nost and uh ashley embrace the hate is coming back so just hit me up <laughs> on Twitter and you'll see the announcement there Let's hold on until then. Uh, you can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. And, of course, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca Says. Go and see all the content we got going on there. And, of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel as well in case some of you are just listening to us and don't know we have a YouTube channel. We do. The Top Ten has a YouTube channel. Go and subscribe there. Uh, get us as many subscribers as possible so we can start making that turn that thing into a monetization tool for us as well. Uh, so go and give us some love there. But until then, we'll talk to you next time on another brand new episode of Topic Thunder.